0: Good morning. It's great to be with you this week. I'm Shiba Siddiqui. In this week for Greg Brady who was off on a well-deserved vacation. well deserved vacation and will be back next Monday. Have you ever been attacked for no reason? Whether it was verbally or physically. Somebody else could have been having a bad day and they take it out on you. A grocery store cashier, a barista, even a family member in your household. You know most of the time we let it slide, I let it slide, depending on the situation, depending on you know, the context of what's happening. But it also depends on the level of the attack. Was it someone just being snide or having a bad day or could have been a bully at school with one of your kids? Maybe a boss who who's, tends to take their frustrations out on you. What if it was at your place of worship? Like the Quebec mosque attack in 2017 by a man who killed six worshippers on a quiet Sunday evening and injured five others. I remember reading about that and wondering if that could ever happen to me when I went to my mosque. Imagine being scared to go to your church or your synagogue or your temple. A fear of being shot specifically while you're there to congregate with your community and pray and worried about if there's going to be a bullet through the back of your neck. And then on June 6th, 2021, a Muslim family in London was out for a walk, just like we all were during the height of the pandemic, when there was literally nothing else to do. And they were struck by a truck in what police describe as an anti-Muslim hate crime by another young man. A little boy lost his parents his sister, and his grandmother that day. Because some guy didn't know where to take his rage and his depression. Now, I looked into this, and there are six types of anti-hate in this country. There's physical, verbal, hate propaganda, vandalism, threats, and online. And we've also got Bill 21 in Quebec that doesn't allow anyone, almost anyone, with a religious symbol to work in the public sector. I wonder if that includes wearing a cross around your neck. We've also got anti-Semitic graffiti on a synagogue in North York last August, along with many more places, including a bus shelter. And I remember a school around that same time as well. Why am I talking about this? Well, I want to tell you about an experience I had last Saturday night, which was Eid Day. See, Eid is a huge deal in my household. I've got four young kids. They look forward to it all year long. And we get two Eids a year as Muslims. The first one was in May, after the month of Ramadan. And the second one was this past Saturday. Now, for the first time in years, we had a really big Eid party at our house. We invited all of our family, everyone who's been segregated at all the different camps during this pandemic, everyone came over. You want to be inside, you be inside. You want to be outside, you be outside. Do whatever you're comfortable with. Let's just come over, celebrate. Kids were in the pool. There was food everywhere. It felt so festive. And it ended in the afternoon, ended, I'd say, late afternoon. And that evening, my husband and I decided, let's take our kids to Celebration Square in Mississauga for an Eid festival. Now, this was supposed to be a huge festival. There are going to be rides, games, a stage with performances, comedians, musicians, and my favorite, tons of food. Earlier that morning in Celebration Square, Miss Saga Mayor Bonnie Crombie had given a speech, and she was there, along with NDP leader Jagmeet Singh, who had also said a few words. Uh, And throughout the day, I heard there was a total of 40,000 people who came by this festival, and there were also many other Eid festivals all over the GTA that day. So around 7.30 p.m., we got to the square, we parked our car, and we started walking towards the center of the square. Uh, now, there was a family a few feet ahead of us who was walking as well. And they were, we were all heading right to the same party area. And they got to the intersection ahead of us. And then they just quickly and abruptly turned around and walked right by us. And I didn't make anything of it. I thought maybe somebody forgot. It was a, it was a, a mother, a father, and two young kids, a little boy and a little girl. And I thought, okay, they must have forgotten something in their car. Not a big deal, whatever. But as we approached the intersection, we saw a young man, stop his car. I don't remember the make of it. It was black. It had four doors. It was a sedan. It could have been maybe a Honda Civic, Honda Accord. We saw a man get out of his car and he left the driver's side door open right in the middle of the intersection. And keep in mind, there's police everywhere. There's police trucks blocked off, police cars blocked off, and there's, you just see cops everywhere. So as soon as he came out of the car in the middle of the intersection, blocking all traffic, cops, there were four cops that just came running towards him. And he starts crying and screaming and putting his hands over his face. And he's kneeling on the ground in the middle of the road at this point. And he starts saying again and again, I was thinking about doing something. I was thinking about doing something. And we're watching all of this unfold. So please start bringing him over to the sidewalk. We're walking towards them. And the police haven't told us, you know, get off, move out of the way, get out of the way. An occupational hazard, if I see trouble somewhere publicly, I go towards it. I like to know what's going on. So we kept walking towards him with my family. uh, And the cops had, they, they had him. They brought him over to the sidewalk. And another cop got into his car and sort of drove it over to the side of the road because he was blocking traffic. The intersection was fully blocked. And there was a crowd that was starting to form just around us watching him. So we cross the road, we turn around, we see what's happening. We watch this guy and he's moaning and he's crying. And please keep asking what he's taken, what he's on. What 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 have you been taking today? What did you take? What are you on? And the family who had initially turned away joined us on the other side of the road. And they said they heard him yelling that he wanted to do something. And they just got away as quickly as possible. And the dad in the group said to me, you just never know. Now, I wasn't scared. But we stayed around and we watched him for a bit. And my kids had a lot of questions. That was really hard because I try to be as honest with my kids as possible, age appropriately. Uh, But they had a lot of questions and I started to answer them. And I said, you know, he's not well. And they knew by what the cops were asking him that this guy was on some kind of a drug. Uh, And I used it as an opportunity to say, hey, yeah, look, that's what happens when you take drugs. I was trying to make, I don't know, lighten the situation, I guess, not let them know how serious I thought it could have been. And at this point, there's a crowd there. The cops are trying to calm him down. And you know what? We let it go. We went into the festival, had a great time, stayed for about an hour, walked around. And then as we were walking out, the police and the young man were still there. And they're on the opposite side of the street. He's sitting on a curb. And there was an ambulance right beside him with some paramedics on the ground. Uh, They had something attached to him. Maybe they were checking his blood. I don't know. But he's sitting on the curb, still had his hands in, in his face. And his car was gone, so I'm assuming it had been towed, but they were all still there. I have no idea what he meant when he said, I was thinking about doing something, and I'll never know. But he's outside of a Muslim Eid festival having what seemed to be a mental breakdown. I don't know if he was thinking about hurting somebody, hurting himself, if he was having a bad day, but there was some kind of a mental health issue going on. And it made me think about my reaction to all of this. I was never scared when I saw him, like the other families around us were. And here's why. I assume that would never happen to me. It's Eid day. It's a beautiful, sunny, summer Saturday evening. We've just had the best day with our family after so long. There's no way something like that would ever happen to me. And then I wonder if that's how Fayaz Afzal felt the day he went for a walk with his family that day in London, not knowing he would never see them alive again. Something has to change. There is a huge mental health epidemic among young men right now. I don't know what that is. But something has to change. I'm Sheba Siddiqui, and you're listening to 640 Toronto.